Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails, done. Outfit, stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Hey, everybody. This is It Could Happen Here. I am Robert Evans. This is a podcast about things falling apart and sometimes how to put them back together. Uh, Today, this is another episode about the war in Ukraine. Um, It's going to be uh, eventually uh, an interview with a Ukrainian anarchist militant who is fighting on behalf of of Ukrainian people um, in that conflict. But uh, here's a little introduction first. So anarchists are all about the elimination of hierarchy, and since the state tends to be the hierarchiest thing around, most anarchist activists tend to either seek the destruction of the state or at least snatches of a life lived beyond its bounds. The most joyful moments in anarchist-organized protests tend to be those brief liberatory windows where anything seems possible and even, say, middle-class suburban moms might feel briefly like they could tear down the walls of a federal courthouse. So the idea of anarchists joining and fighting in a national military, commanding and being commanded in the hierarchy of a state's defense forces, feels like a pretty big contradiction. Yet when the Russian Federation launched a massively expanded invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, many Ukrainian anarchists announced their intention to fight on the side of their government. Organizations like Rev Dia formed militias, which have been integrated into Ukrainian territorial defense forces. 
In one statement I found on the website Enough is Enough, a militant representing Revdia explained their feelings this way. Ukrainian anarchists are at war with Russian expansionism, fascists, and the government. They have created their own arm and call on us to join them. Every anarchist collective and organization that understands the revolutionary task and the internationalist struggle must transform its general anti-war position into a position of engagement by participating in or strengthening the anarchist Ukrainian guerrilla struggle without suspensions and by attacking the Russian economic and political power. Victory in arms for the anarchists in Ukraine who stand against Russian imperialism, fascist paramilitary groups, and the democratic government in Kyiv. Solidarity with the Russian and Belarusian anarchists who are crawling in the democratic dungeons trying to stop the war. Let us give space to the people and not to the imperialist dreams that divide the planet into plots. We are forever with the invisible people of the world who are fighting for an inclusive, self-organized, and anti-hierarchical world. So, Anarchists with Revdia and other Ukrainian organizations are very much acting in line with more than a century of anarchist tradition in Ukraine. During the Russian Revolution, famed Ukrainian anarchist warlord Nestor Makhno was forced to make a tough decision. Ukrainian nationalists threatened the central government that had arisen after the fall of the Tsar, and Makhno and his comrades decided to defend the democratic socialist government against the nationalists. From the book Anarchy's Cossack, quote, that decision faced the local anarchists with a problem, for it had them support governmental forces here which, even if they were of the left, were nonetheless potential enemies of the masses' autonomy. Makhno reckoned at the time that, as anarchists we must, paradox or no paradox, make up our minds to form a united front with the governmental forces. Keeping faith with anarchist principles, we will find a way to rise above these contradictions and, once the dark forces of reaction have been smashed, we will broaden and deepen the course of the revolution for the greater good of an enslaved humanity. Roughly one month into the expanded Russian invasion, I had the chance to sit down and interview an anarchist in Ukraine who was participating in the resistance to Putin's regime. We conducted our interview over the course of several days, as his fighting schedule allowed, and we did so over voice messages and signal. His audio quality was thankfully quite good. I have condensed some bits of the interview, particularly my questions, to make things easier to understand, and I moved some stuff around a little bit. Uh, I hope this is still pretty clear. Now, Here's our source introducing himself. What I would start you to tell about my story is, um, let's call me Ilya. I am an anarchist from some neighboring country, uh, but live in Ukraine for several, uh, several years. Uh, I had to leave my homeland because of the political repressions against anarchists there. Uh, and for me, participation in this conflict, uh, it has... Uh, um, several dimensions. Uh, once, like the the first and simplest thing is that um, uh, Ukraine, even though is like highly imperfect uh, state, like with uh, clear neoliberal stuff and some nationalist and far right influences uh, in the politicum, uh, but still is um, more like gray zone and more like. Um, how to say, pluralistic and free space. Uh, the state here has much less control than in Russia and Belarus, for example. I wanted to start by asking them about the elephant in any room where people are discussing left-wing resistance in Ukraine, the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion. I think it's important for people to like just talk about Azov and, and, and whatnot and uh, not whitewash what's going on there. 
but it strikes me that they have a really effective social media campaign and they're, they're sneaking a lot of videos and a lot of combat footage and whatnot out into kind of Western mainstream media without people realizing it's Nazis. Well, to be honest, of course, uh, far right movement is much more massive in Ukraine than uh, any libertarian leftist uh, uh, movements at the moment. This, I think, is obvious for you. Uh, but at the same time, um, sometimes uh, conscious or unconscious pro-Russian propagandists uh, try to portray the situation as uh, if uh, it is Nazi state or something like all the resistance is far right or something. But actually, uh, general part of the state and also which is more important of the grassroots popular resistance uh, is just uh, apolitical uh, in sense that like most of the army are not in the politics even though of course we aware that army is a political institution itself uh, and uh, especially all those people in the villages who are now uh, taking up arms to guard their lands uh, against the occupiers uh, they are also not uh, politically affiliated somehow Ilya and many of his comrades see anarchist participation in the struggle against Russia as necessary for two reasons. The most basic is that Putin's regime is a threat to their life and freedom too. The secondary reason is that if they don't fight, they will have no ability to influence what happens in their country after the war. Today this uh, invasion, uh, it really constructs the threat uh, for the whole existence of this society, more society than to the state itself. Because uh, this is a kind of attempt to export uh, this totalitarian hell which were constructed in Russia, more or less. Uh, and to confront this, just not let it happen, uh, is already a task, I think. Uh, but of course, to come to, to defend some land against uh, some occupation, uh, for me, is too simplistic uh, for the anarchist and revolutionary approach. Uh, so there come like uh, more detailed reason I would, reasons I would say. Uh, first of all, I really believe that if uh, Putin will be confronted intensively and successfully here, then it's very possible that uh, it will break uh, the spine uh, of this regime in Russia, which may lead to revolutionary changes uh, both in Russia and in Belarus because Belarusian dictatorship uh, exists, like relies uh, uh, very much on um, uh, Putin's support and so on. Uh, and another dimension is that uh, any force which wants to be like really politically meaningful in Ukrainian society uh, should uh, take sides uh, in this conflict. All people who uh, say some dogmatic uh, things like we are against all states, against all wars, this is not enough now. This is not a position now. Uh, and now this is really popular resistance. Like uh, if you do not... If you do not join it for whatever reasons, then you exclude yourself uh, from uh, actual political process because the, the main questions uh, will be like, where are you and where were you in these events? And of course, the right side is to confront this imperialist occupation. Uh, this can really give an opportunity uh, to like for future and not for future actually already today for organizing and mobilization of revolutionary libertarian forces um, and constructing ourselves as some 
considerable significant movement like uh, for example now there is this uh, unit of territorial self-defense which anarchists participate in actively um, this is now already around 50 people um, well it was a uh, uh, un like unimaginable uh, at the recent years and months uh, to have some gathering of uh, 50 anarchists anti-fascists and so on uh, as some joint unit but now this is the reality and this mobilization is made uh, because of this invasion actually so this is something that makes sense uh, at my opinion and another interesting thing i think in context of comparing uh, for example uh, far left and far right participating uh, in Ukrainian political life and in current events, that of course for us uh, any collaboration with the state is uh, much more problematic uh, than for the Nazis, uh, because even their like um, ideology and mindset, uh, as far as I can evaluate it, uh, pretty allows them both any relations with the state structures and also any dirty schemes, uh, both with the state with the business and uh, with criminal sphere like um, uh, our approaches uh, are much more puristic uh, which is partly good of course but also have uh, some consequences for us to be uh, much less adoptable as the movement to the real uh, social political economical realities and uh, for example now currently uh, this is uh, still an, a question for anarchists. Uh, should we join, for example, these uh, territorial defense uh, forces, which is, uh, even though somehow militia-like uh, localized institution, but still, of course, uh, like state-affiliated force uh, orchestrated and uh, arranged by the state and subordinated to state army uh, hierarchical system. Um, but we still believe that in current events, um, this participation, like it, uh, less compromise us, but more give us the tools uh, to organize, to get experience, uh, and to get subjectivity, if we can say so in English, like to, to, to become a, really an actor. Um, and uh, still it is within this frame is still possible to maintain um, political independence and even some uh, sort of structural independence. So this is not just people are going and joining the army and that's it. They are now just uh, units. Um, at least up to the moment, this is not our story. Uh, and this is something, uh, at least me personally, reflecting on a lot. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. 
Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM, let's create. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumber5Casino.com. High Five Casino. First, I would like, you mentioned you came to... Ukraine from a neighboring country where repression of anarchists was more severe. I am interested prior to, you know, this stage of the invasion, obviously the first invasion happened in 2014, but prior to this escalation, how would you describe state repression against anarchists in Ukraine? The degree to which anarchist organizing was opposed by the state, by the police in Ukraine. Um, and then the follow-up question to that would be, as you guys saw this war building, could you elaborate on some of the discussions that happened about what to do, about whether or not to form militias, whether or not, or to what extent to fight alongside the government? Um, so about state repressions against uh, anarchists in Ukraine in recent years, uh, I would say that uh, they were, of course, um, uh, much less hard than, for example, in Belarus and Russia. Um, also because, um, like for different reasons, because of, uh, in general, of course, uh, more pluralist political culture and political situation in Ukraine, but also partly because, uh, anarchist, uh, movement, uh, in after Maidan period was not that organized and not that combative to really draw, drive attention of the state, uh, to itself. And also, 
what I need to say that uh, uh, in maybe 2019 and 20, uh, this attention uh, grew dramatically after several direct actions uh, were taken by anarchists, uh, for example, some sabotage against uh, uh, cell phone towers of some Turkish-affiliated company when uh, Turkey invaded Rojava in uh, the late autumn of 2019, and, se and also several actions against uh, some police stations. Uh, some uh, of these statements uh, were uh, placed in anarchist fighter uh, website and telegram channel uh, and so uh, police and secret services got how to say uh, very energetic in their attempts to find uh, the people who did this uh, even though they didn't succeed actually uh, so several house raids taken place uh, they also tried to depart uh, one anarchist from Belarus, Alexei Borenkov, uh, who uh, stayed in Ukraine for several years while decided to move out uh, from uh, Lukashenko uh, regime. And so, uh, uh, but they didn't depart actually, and also their house raids were not successful, so they didn't succeed in, the, in their repressions. So in the last couple of years, uh, this picture uh, I would say vegetarian picture of uh, uh, zero attention of the state to anarchist movement, it changed. Uh, so it started to be like different way. Before it actually also was some uh, direct actions uh, believed to be related with uh, uh, revolutionary action anarchist group. Uh, it was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, around 2017 and so on. Uh, and uh, this also uh, were somehow um, prosecuted uh, by by Ukrainian secret services. Uh, also about uh, organized participation of different anarchist faction uh, in uh, the current resistance against the Putinist imperialist aggression, uh, like about the most organized initiative you all in most numbered, you already know, but there are um, several others, uh, smaller groups, uh, like more like affinity groups or several friends participating in uh, different units. We even cannot count it uh, because we even don't know about everyone who participate. At this point, he started talking about an anarchist militant named Igor Walachow, who had been killed by a rocket in Kharkiv a few days earlier. Before the war, Walachow had expressed a desire to organize a network of co-ops across Ukraine. He'd also been active in providing support for anarchists jailed in Russia. Ilya referred to him as having been martyred. He was participating, I don't know, either individually or with uh, some of his friends from Kharkiv. But for example, I knew nothing about their group and their participations. Uh, there is also Black Flag uh, Anarchist Group uh, from Lviv, which now, as far as I know, participating in uh, territorial self-defense of Kiev. At least they released uh, several photos and some short statement. Uh, this is something organized, which I know about. And apart from that, I know just, as I already tell, to, uh, told you, uh, several uh, affinity groups, groups of friends. 
The overall picture he painted of anarchist resistance in Ukraine was extremely atomized, due in part to pre-war concerns about avoiding state repression and the myriad doctrinal differences between different kinds of anarchists. The war seems to have had a catalyzing effect, which has made larger militant anarchist organizing possible for the first time in recent memory. Ilya was cautiously optimistic about this, but he and his comrades also recognized a danger here. We are trying to avoid attention from the state services, from secret services, uh, even though we still have to collaborate uh, somehow with the military hierarchy and so on in this situation. Uh, but of course, we understand uh, that uh, if we will uh, attract uh, undesirable attention, then probably uh, some forces would try to destroy us or uh, somehow assimilate, uh, subjugate us. Uh, none of these scenarios uh, are good for us, and we are aware of it. So we try to have some publicity, and at the same time to act ourselves in the way uh, which will not uh, drive repressive attention to us, uh, like immediately. Uh, so up to now, within this frame of territorial defense uh, and uh, like some civil volunteer activities and some other quite conventional activities of participating uh, in this conflict uh, against uh, the Putinist side, uh, we believe that uh, we can uh, take the ground uh, for the new conceptions and programs of like of libertarian cause and also uh, some organizational developments like some organized structure uh, which are of course not necessarily should be illegal from from the very uh, first steps uh, but to establish some organizational basis and maybe hopefully ideological basis uh, which will help us to uh, act more actively uh, both during the war and after war could you go into a little more detail about the ways in which you you all do your units do kind of interface with the state I went on to ask how they organized their combat units, and whether or not this reflected their broader beliefs about horizontal organizing. His basic answer was that the militias have to operate within a military command structure, and thus have to be broadly organized in the same way conventional military units are. However, being irregulars, their life outside of battle is much less regimented than what regular soldiers experience. Uh, so, about uh, military hierarchy, uh, in general, of course, uh, territorial uh, defense forces are uh, set by the state and they are included into um, the general structure of a military hierarchy of regular army. Uh, in this sense, we are, of course, uh, generally not autonomous and uh, um, what is, uh, what's been issued by superior command, uh, we should implement in life and should um, fulfill these orders. Uh, however, now, territorial defense forces, I would not speak about uh, all of them because I limited uh, since the very start of uh, war uh, within uh, my own experience uh, with uh, this unit. Uh, these uh, forces uh, have like a lot of time for constructing uh, itself, like uh, our internal life, not that much regulated uh, by the uh, higher command. Uh, and uh, also uh, there is a, a sort of space of communication uh, with some uh, commanders which are a little bit higher than us. Uh, so we have like 
good people uh, who our comrades who set this opportunity for us to get organized within this frame of territorial defense. This was just our old friends uh, who decided uh, to join um, some territorial defense structure as officers uh, already before uh, this situation started to happen. Um, so I think uh, these people do really good job and um, they provide for us uh, options uh, to feel ourselves uh, like comparatively free. Of course, not in operational sense, because uh, uh, like operational um, frame is being set by the higher command and like as one picture, one scheme. And uh, in this aspect, we, of course, uh, just the one of the elements of the general plan of the fighting uh, the Putin's regime invasion here. Um, so, I mean, um, yes, as a unit, we are uh, governed by the military command, uh, but this is really rarely that we see uh, anyone uh, apart, uh, anyone of some uh, officers or, I don't know, generals or somebody else uh, from above the military hierarchy. Uh, we here um, now occupy it with uh, training, with uh, organizational constructing and with uh, uh, like uh, improving our internal life, uh, not being like a really 100% orchestrated uh, by any uh, military uh, military hierarchy people. Um, so what about the internal structure? It is still uh, supposed to be organized uh, on the traditional uh, army uh, scheme. So every section has a commander, a unit in general uh, has a commander, uh, and this is not an elected people, this is not like uh, really controlled uh, from, uh, from below people. Uh, maybe unfortunately, or maybe this is necessary in the current situation, this is really hard to estimate, to evaluate at the moment. Uh, in this manner, our internal structure in sense of like military structure is uh, more or less traditional for the territorial defense. Uh, at the same time, uh, of course, we have uh, more democratic internal culture. Uh, in general, territorial defense is uh, people uh, mostly organized on local basis and also out of volunteers. So people who uh, came here uh, on their goodwill and not on some conscription or some contract which uh, gives you a certain money or privileges. Uh, so because of this, uh, you already supposed uh, to be somehow more free uh, and more up to express your opinions um, and so on. And of course, we as uh, somehow um, leftist affiliated anarchist uh, uh, unit, um, of course, we uh, encourage the internal discussion. Uh, everyone, including all the commanders inside uh, our regiment, are subjects to critic and uh, discussion, um, even though maybe final words uh, in the operational uh, questions uh, are up to these people. Uh, and also is important that uh, we maintain a total political autonomy in sense that all the groups and individuals who constructs uh, who construct the unit uh, we are part of uh, they uh, like absolutely free to express uh, their analysis political analysis and uh, conceptual conceptualization of uh, 
both these events and our participation in them uh, according to their like analysis, their attitude and so on. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM, let's create. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day, but let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian. Premium cocktails on demand. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. I also asked what it was like to fight ostensibly on the same side as neo-Nazi elements like Azov. While Ilya and his unit are not anywhere close to the Azov battalion, I wanted to know how he and his comrades dealt with the weird reality of being in the same broadside as people they might have battled in the street at one point. I would say that uh, before war, of course, uh, there was uh, a lot of tensions uh, between 
uh, fascists and us, uh, not directly with uh, Azov, because Azov is um, like military unit, like this is not the guys you meet and fight uh, in the streets. Uh, but of course, there is like, um, they uh, try to set like their own, how to say, mafia political empire, I would call it, uh, or mafia. Like uh, they had some businesses, uh, some criminal uh, stuff, uh, some patronage from the interior ministry, uh, and also uh, very different, um, how to say, far-right groups, which uh, the leaders of uh, so-called Azov movement, which is much broader than uh, Azov uh, battalion itself, uh, they tried to utilized and instrumentalized to reach their own goals. Uh, and uh, with some of these groups, uh, of course, we had like just street fights, for example, the elements close to, to this Azov movement, they try to influence a lot the Belarusian uh, diaspora, like oppositional diaspora in Kiev. Uh, for example, uh, in the one year uh, anniversary of the protests of uh, 2020, in Belarus, uh, there were uh, there was fight uh, in Kiev between anarchists who came to participate in demonstrations, in this demonstration, and the Nazis who attacked them, uh, in uh, like aiming to somehow push them out uh, from the Belarusian movement uh, to influence it in their own way, like also just. Uh, usual street confrontation also took place all this time. There is um, quite visible and active Antifa movement uh, in Kiev, which confronted Nazis uh, on the streets uh, and uh, blocked uh, sometimes uh, um, several of their like initiatives uh, and uh, so on. Uh, and also, of course, informational and uh, propaganda struggle uh, was held by us by us uh, during all this time um, since Maidan and of course before as well. About the current um, military situation, like of course uh, we are now actually a part of one army with uh, uh, right sector Azov uh, and so on people. We are under the same uh, military command uh, and if we will be tasked to fight in the same place, uh, the same enemy, we will be uh, actually um, like at the same uh, like part of the barricade. Uh, but uh, this is a situation we need to deal with. Like um, there are different opinions uh, amongst our comrades in here uh, about Azov and all the far rightists. Uh, they differ from that they are actually our enemies, like uh, both now and also in any future uh, Ukraine, in any future scenario, because these people promote like quite obviously absolutely opposite uh, political and social goals than we. Um, uh, other people say that uh, uh, another like other people say that uh, now there is um, how to say a general deadly threat uh, we are facing and we should fight uh, regardless of left and right and something like this to fight the imperialist invasion, uh, but I personally, me, I do not support this uh, second uh, assumption and position. I see this quite not really politically smart, at my opinion. But what we here can agree on is that if we want to confront uh, Nazis, 
uh, and uh, far-right parts of uh, the Ukrainian political and also military spectrum, uh, then we need to develop our own strong uh, structure, our own strong actor. Uh, and also this um, somehow connected with the question about PR. You mentioned that like we need our own PR, our own publicity and media work, and also our, first of all, our own uh, conceptions and uh, ideological uh, blueprints, which we can um, suggest to Ukrainian society and present both uh, inside Ukraine and abroad. Uh, and this is the work, uh, this is the challenge uh, and duty which we uh, need to fulfill. And uh, hopefully, like not hopefully, but actually, uh, we are working on this uh, already now. So uh, if you want uh, to combat Azov, uh, now is uh, not the time maybe to accuse them uh, in some public statements, but this is time to develop alternative structure uh, which will be able to really confront uh, these reactionary currents. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. Casino. What's up, guys? This is Sean Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at lightsoutxf.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to lightsoutxf.com. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done, outfit stunner, and my skin. I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.